game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. <laughs> Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Huck back to the right wing point. Bouchard off the right wing boards to the blue line in the middle. Dry side. Shot tipped on that rebound. Scores! Zach Hyman finds the rebound. And the Oilers are up 3 2. Zach Hyman's 25th of the season would be the game winner tonight at Rogers Place. The Edmonton Oilers shoot down the Dallas Stars 5 2. It is the Oilers' 45th victory of the season. They have been nearly unbeatable on home ice for about six weeks. 11-0-1 in their last 12 home games. Mike Smith, 34 saves. He's 9-0-1 in his last 10 starts. And the Oilers are looking very, very good with the playoffs less than two weeks away. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 9:27. We're in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Oh, I can tell you this, too. This is exciting. The Japanese Village Goal Light is on on 630Ched.com. You can go and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We turn on the JVGL whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, which they did thanks to Connor McDavid's empty netter with 2.3 seconds left on the clock because you know the captain was thinking about those appies. Rob, all around, I, I thought this was a, a very solid and thorough performance by the Oilers. It, it was. Uh, they came out strong. They played well in the, the beginning of the game. They finished strong again. Uh, in between, they had spurts where they, they were dominant, where the Dallas Stars couldn't get out of their own zone. Uh, solid goaltending. Very good on the back end. The, the Oilers didn't seem to get hemmed in. They didn't seem to, they never created a big turnover where they put themselves into uh, a bad situation and they were able to roll lines. And every line that went out there was able to contribute in the way that their, their strengths are. Cassian was physical. Fogel was physical. Um, Ryan had another good game. Nugent Hopkins, very good with his line. I mean, it just, it goes, it, you're, you know what you're always going to get with Connor and Leon. But the role players, I think, over this last little while have stepped up and understood what they're needed, what's needed from them. And they, they're, they're excelling at it. And this is, a, and I said to Bob right after the game, the Oilers right now, the way they've been playing as of late, every time they start a game, I feel they're going to win. And there's been stretches where at the beginning of the game, you and I are like, okay, I'm not sure how they're going to stay within two or three over the time that we've done these games together. But right now, they're playing that good. And it, it all goes back to goaltending. Mike Smith has been exceptional this last little stretch. And again tonight, the, Dallas, when they tied it up, they did have a couple opportunities. And Mike Smith made the saves that he had to make and looked very confident doing it. Well, I, I, I appreciate what you're saying there. And, and I think the way I look at it is when the opposition does something positive for them, mm -hmm. and nothing's more positive than scoring a goal, which the <laughs> other teams weren't able to do the two previous games, but... I feel like the Oilers, they're always, they're much better at having a response. It, it doesn't slip away. Or, you know, when they had their bad stretch mid-season where they went 2-11-2 and, and they kept allowing the first goal and you felt like, well, the other team's up one nothing, but it might as well be 3 nothing. You know, how are they going to yep. come back from this? You don't, I mean, when Dallas tied it up and they, Dallas was playing well, I, I felt like, okay, it, 
I think the Oilers can come back and get the next one here. And and you're right, a combination of goaltending and a little bit of composure, and then some skill and experience uh, took over. And, and you know the Oilers had control of the game by the time the second was over. Well, what we're seeing too, and the other team is scoring goals against Edmonton. They're earning them. Like it, it, it it's not uh, a big turnover, a two-on-one, or a, a missed pinch or a missed defensive left. They're earning their goals, and and teams are going to earn good opportunities, good scoring chances because there's a lot of good hockey players in the National Hockey League. But they have to earn it. So when you have to earn it, they don't. They come a little. It's not like you're going to get five or six because the Oilers aren't making that big mistake. And we've seen in the past where if a team pressures the Oilers or, or the Oilers get under a little bit of stress, they start getting away from what makes them strong as a team. They start getting away from good defensive zone, getting away from the right side of the, the guy in the offensive zone, cheating in the offensive zone, no third guy high, and they're not doing that. They're not, they're not getting away from their structure. And I think before when things would go bad, then all of a sudden it was like a panic would set in and they would just try to do what they they just try to outskill the other team. Now they just stay in the structure. Okay, they scored two. Well, they're going to get their chances. Let's go out there in the next shift. We'll get the puck in deep. We'll work it down below. We'll get offensive zone time, and we'll get a bounce. And that's what's happening now with the Edmonton Oilers. They're getting bounces, and they're capitalizing on them. Well, and the Oilers tonight finish with 50 shots on goal. <laughs> I, I referenced the team record after the second period because they were on pace to break it. It's yep. 56, and they had 40 after two periods. So obviously they, they didn't need to get to, to 56 or, or whatever to, to win the game. But, um, you know, Dallas wound up with 11 shots in the third. Okay for about, it was only three or four in the first 10 minutes. They got a few with the goalie mm -hmm. out. They were trying to set Pavelski up for that one-timer from along the boards. But yeah, it was, it was a very under control, I guess, if that's the way to put it, performance by Edmonton. There, at no point in this game did you feel, uh, per, uh, me personally, that you, did you feel that this game was going to get away from the Oilers? Uh, you felt, even when the Dallas came back, felt, all right, they came back, but the Oilers are playing well, they're doing all the right things, they're getting their chances, they're putting pressure on Dallas's defense, they're, they're putting pressure on the Wedgwood and Nett, who uh, at times looked shaky and at times made some big saves that allowed the Dallas Stars to stay close. But this is what we've seen consistently now from the Edmonton Oilers. It's not uh, just a nice stretch where they're going to go 5-1-1 one, one in seven games. This is, this is a legitimate stretch that they're on right now. And the best part of it for Oilers fans is it's coming at the right time. I mean, we're two weeks away from the Stanley Cup playoffs starting, and the Oilers are playing their best hockey of the season. Well, and some wins over some good teams, yes. too. I, I mean, that homestand where they did well, couple tough opponents but they also beat up on a mm -hmm. couple of bad teams the loss to Minnesota I think maybe had some people concerned but then you come back beat Nashville beat Vegas and beat Dallas and I guess probably not Vegas at this point but three out of those four teams are going to be going to the postseason or, or competing for a playoff spot so 5-2 the Oilers win it let's go downstairs here's Jay Woodcroft start you want it obviously you get up a little bit of a Dallas comes back in and then you control it what what did you like best about your start? What was the key for your team after a few days off? Oh, I thought we were on our toes. We looked rested. Uh, we came out of the gate hot. Uh, and all four four lines or 11 forwards were going. I thought uh, we simplified it early in the game and allowed us to assert our will on the other team. You mentioned before that you really want to make everybody feel important on this team. They have a role. As you talk about different lines all the time are scoring and when you have 11 fours there's lots of different combinations through it all 
as you're going through the game like that, are you consciously thinking about each guy to know which guy hasn't sat for too long so they stay fresh? Yes. How do you keep track of that? In my mind. <laughs> In my mind, yeah. yeah. You have a feel for it. Uh, obviously, you, you have an understanding of who's coming next for the other team. Um, but we put a real emphasis you know, over the last couple of months, I'm worrying more about us than being a prisoner to any type of matchup situation. We think we have good players, good forwards that can go against anybody. Um, and for me, uh, just under, having an understanding of uh, how many minutes each guy has played, you, you can feel it. It comes through experience. So this is another... Uh, pretty strong outing for you guys. This is you've had a whole bunch. It's not going to say in a row. There's been a couple blips, but for quite some time, maybe two months now, you guys have been playing pretty solid hockey. Are you, you know, are you on schedule? Is this is this what a coach is hoping for as the playoffs approach? Yeah, I think we're we're building, uh, we're improving, and improving's fun. I think um, improving leads to feeling confident, and feeling confident. Uh, allows you to gain competence and, and feeling good about certain situations as you head uh, into the month of May. Um, I think our, our team's trending in the right direction, but I've said it here over the last couple of days. I, I don't think we've played uh, to our full potential yet. Is there any coaching instruction when you're up by two with an empty net and Mike Smith trying to score a goal? What's a coach think about all that? Well, I think Mike gained the zone, and the one time he didn't gain the zone was a high stick, and it resulted in a faceoff in the in the neutral zone. So, you know, um, I felt good about the people that we had on the ice, and you know what, we were uh, we found a way to get the empty net goal. So I was happy about that. So the the hockey world sort of keeping an eye on this race for the the scoring lead. McDavid after the game obviously says he's he's not focused on it. Uh, what are you seeing out of him just in terms of the push for offense that he always has, but the overall game and and maybe the team wanting it for him as much as he would want it. Um, yeah, well, I th I think our team is is pushing uh, to help him win that um, as the team is pushing to help Leon um, try and get 60 goals I, and uh, how we want uh, Warren Fogle to end up with a career high in goals and tonight Zach Hyman ended up. We, we're all working for each other. I think it's important. But if you ask any of those players, any of them, um, their goal is to get our team to 100 points here and find a way to get an X beside uh, your name, which signifies that you've uh, earned a right uh, to punch your ticket for the NHL playoffs. I think that's what everybody's goal is. Everyone wants to do well personally, but in the forefront of everybody's mind is the collective goal of um, working towards being the best that we can be and punching our ticket for the NHL playoffs. What do you sense in Evan Bouchard's development here as you push towards the fastest, most difficult hockey? What have you seen from him, and do you see him getting ready to be able to compete in that environment? Yeah, I do. I even mean he made a couple great plays with the puck tonight. He made a lot of really good, subtle uh, defensive plays. Um, I think he's he's growing. Uh, he's not a finished product. He's still a young man, a young defenseman in this league. So there are learning moments, and uh, as you said, the type of hockey that we're going to see here down the stretch and in 
into the playoffs is going to be hard, heavy hockey, and and uh, we're going to need um, his passing ability uh, to get past four checks. We're going to need his his offense. Um, so he's going to be an important player for us tonight. I, it, you know what? I also think uh, I ran by uh, Duncan Keith here as he was walking out, and I was walking in, and I said, you know, I noticed on on the game sheet that he was plus five tonight. That's, you know, that's pretty good. And so that pairing of Keith and Bush has been uh, very good for us, and uh, proud of how far they're coming. Jay, so what's missing from you reaching your full potential? Well, I would say that we're trying to get better every day. And uh, we think we have a lot of days left in our in our regular season to continue to build. Um, I think there's small areas to our team game that can get better. Um, continue to try and grow our special teams, and uh, we want to be ready. We want to be ready. So. We'll, I'm not going to go into specifics and lay out a, um, you know, attributes that we're working on for potential opponents or anything like that. But um, we're working to get better. Rest assured that we're pressing and and uh, we're using each day as best we can. So there are only two, maybe three potential opponents. Are you already doing that? Are you already scouting opponents uh, and getting ready for for a potential playoff? Well, I think if I mean we. You've known me for a few years, having gone down to Bakersfield. I think you understand that I, I believe the most important thing is to take care of what's immediately in front of you. Do we have uh, good people in our organization that are working? Yes, we do. Um, but for myself, our coaching staff, and the players, we're worried about enjoying this victory tonight for a little bit. We're going to have a good day tomorrow, and our focus and attention is going to be on the Colorado Avalanche that are coming in on Friday night. Jay, it didn't appear that Vander Kane missed two, day, two days of practice, flew all the way east, came back, didn't look like he missed a beat. Yeah, he had a good game for us tonight. I think, uh, you know, he's a factor anytime he's on the ice, and, um, you know, he's an important part of our team. I was happy he was able to play in the game tonight. Was your your uh, theory before the game to get the puck back to the point just keep pounding it at the net it seemed that way anyway against that goaltender there were a lot of shots that some of them were blocked but a lot of shots got through a lot of tips and stuff like that yeah I thought we established good zone time um, that's an area that the team's continuing to try and grow is our cycle grind game the ability to hang on to pucks and not just give it back um, I was asked this morning about cycle and net presence and all that I think their third and fourth goals tonight were classes classic examples of what we're uh, working towards I thought there was good layering and the shots got through from the point uh, it was excellent thank you Thanks, guys. Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. 5-2 winners tonight over the Dallas Stars. A few things there from Woodcroft's postgame. He was asked about Mike Smith shooting at the empty net. Well, heck, I approve of it. Why not? Well, it would have, would have brought the, lifted the roof off this place. Well, his options are shoot for the net or pass it to one of his defensemen who's going to be in probably a less advantageous <laughs> position I mean he was in the middle of the ice he had the puck on a stick with nothing between him and the far end he got the puck out and the second one is Woodcroft said it was a high stick so it was the puck was high enough they got over the guy he was supposed to uh, he is an asset and uses asset now I mean 
Uh, I, if it's a one-goal lead, does he try that? I don't know, but why not? It's. I've always felt that if a player has the puck on his stick and has time, fire it at the empty net. Anyways, I mean, these are these are the best in the world. They're pretty good at shooting at empty net, so do it. And Mike Smith, he's got hands like a defenseman. Uh, he can make plays, so uh, absolutely. And uh, well, the second one had a better chance. The second one goes high-sticked. out. Of, and it, that one had a better chance of going in. The first one, there was Dallas Star players yep. back at center. But the second one, if it gets over the guy's high stick, there's a possibility. But I think there was kind of a Dallas player dropping back in the deep safety position when yeah. he saw Smith <laughs> fading back in the pocket. But if you were to list, so 20 Oilers dressed tonight, yep. counting Koskinen. Well, let's not count Miko. Let's count Smith and the 19, 18. Yep. So eight, out of those 19 players who participated if you were to rank them one through 19 and who you would like shooting at an empty net from the exact far end behind your own net he'd be in Smith top 10 not, he would not be last oh he'd That's be in the, the top thing. he'd be in top 10 in all honesty <laughs> he'd be in your top 10 because a uh he's comfortable and uh, he, he's got the ability but the, the biggest thing is, is the confidence he, he doesn't get stressed and we, yes, we there's there's point. players that are on the Edmonton Oilers defense and there's players on Dallas defense that under pressure, they feel more stress than Mike Smith does. Mike Smith, there was twice tonight where he held on the puck, and you're like, okay, that guy's about to get him. And he waited for the right moment to move the puck because he had his get his defenseman in the right passing lane and get all set up. So he feels stress less than probably at least 50% of the defensemen on either team tonight. So, yeah, he'd be in my top 10 guys. I want the puck on their stick shooting for an empty net. The Oilers did score five. That's a $500 donation to 630 Chet Sanders Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown, 100 bucks every time the Oilers score throughout the season. Smith is 9-0-1 in his last 10 starts. He does have a loss in there for the game in Calgary. He didn't start that game. Either way, 9-1-1 in your last 11 decisions is Still also, sounds also good. pretty good. Also sounds pretty good. I, I love this. I, I, I don't think I have it quite exact, but I was trying to jot it down while Woodcroft was saying this. But here's the, here's the gist of it. Improving is fun. Improvement leads to feeling confident. Confidence allows you to gain competence. I loved how he put that. Well, and it's true. Um, if you feel confident, well, first of all, practice like you play. And if you continue to practice and do all the right things in practice, it'll translate into what you do in a game. And we're seeing that because the Oilers are getting more, they're getting better at doing things, they're getting more confident in it. And when they're confident, you, you, you execute better. A guy that's hesitant, the execution isn't quite there. But a guy that is confident, this is the play I want, he's more uh, assertive. And that's when you become much more confident as a player because you're confident, you're assertive, you execute better. Now you're a much better confident player and they're a much more confident team. Oilers win 5-2 over the Dallas Stars. And, and Woodcroft also commented on the cycle and the grind game. And, you know, it's, it's I mean, the, it's, the comparisons to Tippett are inevitable. Not always fair. Not, mm -hmm. not everything's directly relatable. They did have a lot of zone time under Dave Tippett. I would argue they have more zone time down low, though under Jay Woodcroft, that they, that they work the puck, you know, below the hash marks a little more. And we've seen more of a willingness to sort of dump it down low, get somebody going behind the net, chasing the puck that way. Yeah, uh, with still doing it smartly by, by having a third player being prepared to play good defensive hockey, being on the right side defensively, uh, they're built more for this style of hockey. And the, the players they brought in, uh, and it's funny, there, there was a lot of question marks, and there was a lot of people doubting some of the players and wondering if uh, 
the GM's line or job was on the line. And the players that he brought in are, are exactly what they've needed at this time. Fogel, this is the best he's played all year long in these type of games. Uh, Evander Kane, he's made for playoff hockey and he's made for grinding hockey games. I mean, the goal he scores tonight, just driving through the middle, the puck comes to him and he was in between four Dallas players. Hyman, that's the addition. He's as good as, any, he's as good as Connor and Leon at uh, keeping the puck on a stick in the offensive zone, down below the goal line. He's as good as anyone in the National League. You can't get the puck off of him. He's, uh, it's shocking uh, when you think of who he is as a player, and then you're like, okay, that guy just, he just controlled the puck for the last 30 seconds, and he had three guys bounce off him. And then a Derek Ryan, who, again, playing the best hockey of the season for him. Zach Cassian, who has been uh, an enigma and been a roller coaster over the last number of years, the last three or four games, these have been his best games of the season, and they're all players that are very good playing a, oh, what's the basketball term would be a... Like in the paint. That, or a half court. Right. They, they're not a fast break team, the Edmonton Oilers now. They're a, they're a half court team. Get the puck in and let's work them. And Big, strong players are advantageous when you want to play below the goal line or below the ringette line or the top of the circles. But so are quick players. And that's what the Oilers have too. Guys like... Uh, Connor and, and um, Yamamoto and Yessi Pugliarvi. Those guys, they hunt down pucks in the offensive zone or they hunt down players with it. So guys don't have as much time. And any player in the National Hockey League, when you put him under stress and you take away his time and space, is more apt to make a mistake. And that's what you're seeing with the Oilers' forecheck is they're just relentless. And you think you've got it. You think, okay, I've got a step. I'm going to be able to make play. And all someone, there's someone's got their stick on your stick, or someone's got stick on puck, and you turn the puck over. And that's where the Oilers are most effective. Oilers been at 5-2 tonight over the Dallas Stars. Rob bringing you the adjustment of the game for Pro Drain Text for peace of mind down the line. The Oilers came out hot in this one. We haven't talked about poor starts, uh, <laughs> with the exception of maybe a couple of games uh, lately. Two goals in the first six minutes and 17 seconds, and. Kane, you mentioned, steaming down the middle, takes the pass from McDavid, flicks in his 17th of the year. Chris Russell got an assist, by the way. That's a point streak. Yes, for it Russell, is. So, so good for him. And, and I, when I was watching that play, Rob, I, I, I know you've always said over the years, and I've really started watching for this more and more as we've been working together, you want to make defenders turn mm -hmm. and look. You often talk about that in the context of a shot on goal, mm -hmm. on a power player, trying to create some chaos. On that play, I'm thinking, okay, if... If an, uh, the Oilers allowed a goal like that, we'd have people upset <laughs> that a player came through the box yep. of four defenders and scored. But I'm thinking, okay, McDavid's so fast, he drives Suter wide, and what do all the other Dallas defenders do? They're turning and thinking, uh-oh, is, is Connor going to come at me next? <laughs> so they're all facing McDavid and the puck, and then Kane just waltzes down the middle. He's wide open. Well, and that's what Connor can do in the havoc he plays on defensemen. So... Every defenseman in the National Hockey League, or every player in the National Hockey League has watched the highlights of Connor going wide and beating a guy and going right to the net. So Suter's looking down at the puck. So now the forward back checking, he's thinking, okay, if Suter gets beat, I've got to be the guy back. So he's watching to see if Suter gets beat. The offside defenseman, and most players, when they get to the post, if they don't have a play, they go around to the other side. So I think it was Heskinen was the defenseman on the other side. So that other defenseman, he thinks he's going to cut McDavid off at the far post. So now there's two defensemen and the low forward all looking at Connor to see what he's going to do. And Connor's doing it consistently now where he's going and he's throwing it out before he goes behind the net. And that catches the goaltender looking because the goaltender's thinking he's going across. And Evander Kane read it. And he knew, he knew the puck was coming out. 
And the thing that sets Connor apart or, or Leon apart for most players, they're not throwing it in front of the net blindly. They know exactly where the player is and where the player's stick is because you just throw it out blind. If you throw it on the wrong side of the stick for Kane, he, he has to stop it and pull it across. Goalie finds him or a stick finds him. But he put it right in the spot where Kane could one-time it. If Kane doesn't one-time it, probably doesn't go in the net. But that was a great play by McDavid. And again, that's forcing the defenseman to make a mistake by all looking down at him, allowed Evander Kane to score the goal. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid as we move along tonight. Three points for him. He uh, retakes the scoring lead in the National Hockey League. Oilers win at 5-2. We are also happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Back in a couple of minutes, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. Stick of McLeod, shot towards the net, comes loose, never got through. Off the crossbar, rebound, scores! Derek Ryan followed it up after McLeod had hit the crossbar. And it's 2-0 for the Oilers. Derek Ryan helping to make a winner out of 6.30 Chet listener Dennis tonight. Ryan scores. Jesse Pugliarvi also scores. I set the line over under at one and a half before the game for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it one and a half total points by right wingers well it's two so it's over so Dennis gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card Oilers beat the Dallas Stars 5-2 Edmonton's record is 45-26 and 6 on the season and a, f a funny goal because McLeod's mm -hmm. uh, they got part McLeod shot that got partially blocked fluttered Wedgwood lost it, yeah. and for a split second, it's, oh, that's going to be a bloop single. That's a goal, <laughs> and then it hits the crossbar. And I will say, that like, on the replay especially, it's like, that wasn't an easy shot for Ryan either. It's, no. he, was, he was quite down low from that angle. Well, and we've talked about it before when uh, Pugliarvi had the back-to-back two-on-ones where the puck came across, and it's a cross-body one-timer, so it's a harder shot. Your stick's not at the right angle. Uh, you're not one-timing it like a normal one-timer like we see Leon do all the time. So it's a harder shot. when you, From where we sit, it looked like there was a lot of net to shoot at. But where your stick is at, it, the angle's much different. So you, there's not a whole lot of, of room for you to miss. You have to be pretty perfect. And, but then again, Ryan, he, he put the puck in the net. He's not cast in that role as an offensive player anymore, but he does have offensive talent. And when you're a role player and you get a gaping wide open net, you don't get those often. So, some of these players, they might go 30, 40 games without uh, where you have a shot at a net that's got no goalie in it, so you want to take full advantage of it. But again, it was a, a goal scored by a roll line, a third or fourth line, and that's something that the Oilers have been getting with consistency over the last couple months. All right, we'll go to Chris on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Chris, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, Reed and Rob, how you doing? Good. Good. I'll see. You, I'll see you guys on Friday. I'm, I'm going to the game on Friday. Yeah, uh, great game tonight. Uh, I was. I was. I was rooting for Smitty to score that goal. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was. Would have yeah. went nuts had he done it. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, I got a question for you. Uh, okay. 
I mean, he's uh, played how many games in a row? Four, five, six? Well, no, just three in a row because Koskinen played against the Wild. Okay. Uh, would you start Koskinen on Friday? It's a good question. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong. Um, I think you talk to the goalie coach. I mean, Mike Smith right now is their starter. Yep. And Mark, Mike Smith, barring something really unforeseen happening in the last five games, uh, Mike Smith will start game one of the playoffs. Uh, I think as a coaching staff, you try to see what is the best way to prepare Mike Smith for the first game in two weeks, as well as keeping Miko Koskinen ready. Yeah. So I would say if there's five games left, Smith gets three, Koskinen gets two, and you just try to figure out which is the best way to do that to keep Mike Smith completely healthy and rested come playoff games. So they play Friday night and then they play a road game in the Saturday. It'll be a kind of a long travel day. So I would think and it's an early game on 11 a.m. Mountain. Yeah, yeah so, so I would think that they would split yep. those two games. Um, then you got another road game against the Penguins and then you have back to back home games next Thursday yep. and Friday. So I think that's It'll perfectly be logical two, yep. to be three and two. Um, I mean, it could be likely going to be a situation next Thursday and Friday where the standings will not be affected yep. by how you do in those games. Um, but back-to-back -back dictates probably a split. So, yeah, probably three and two. Three and two for Smith, and then you just decide, do you want Mike Smith playing at home against Colorado, or do you want him playing a road game? Uh, who do they play that day? The Columbus? Jackets, yeah. yeah. So, I, if you're going to go, if you're going to say, if, if, if Friday was a playoff game against a good Colorado team, Mike Smith would have been would be your starter. Yeah. Okay, the Oilers win 5-2 tonight over the Dallas Stars. Uh, if you're on hold, stay there. We are going to get to you, and like I said, you're going to hear from Connor McDavid as well. Yeah, and that game against Colorado, 5.30 face-off show on Friday. Game's going to start at 7. We are live in Studio 99. More ahead here after a news and weather update. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chair. Suter has it on the blue line to Haskin into Suter. One-timer kicked out. The rebound. Another save by Smith, this time off of Sagan. Well, that is Mike Smith. Save the game. Cam Moon with the call. Courtesy Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Mike Smith with 34 stops tonight. He allowed a goal for the first time in 144 minutes and 39 seconds. That's the seventh longest shutout streak in Oilers history, so pretty good. Tommy Salo's uh, record of a uh, little over 192 minutes remains intact. It's a, it's a lot of minutes. It's a long time. It is a long time. And Smith, as we talked about the other night, and I asked him about yesterday, and oddly enough, he had virtually no memory of until I started listing off the games. Uh, does not match his career best with three straight shutouts. That, that doesn't surprise Again, me. Proving, and I mentioned this to him in the interview, the, f the fans of the media sometimes know the stats better than the oh, players. Oh, you could go through anything, and Mike, I could tell you nothing. Hey, seriously, like, you could say you had a five-point night here. Yep, don't recall. But, you, but you said you knew your stats in season, though, when you played. Like, you didn't you I knew what I had that. if you had 29 goals next Yeah, I would know that. Yeah, I would know that. I but would. then the next year you forgot yes, about it. I, yeah. No, the players don't. It's... I think we get hit in the head too many times that our memory's completely gone. So, uh, but no, I when you, I was listening to you, talking to him, and I and I'm thinking in my head, well, oh, I can't remember 
I can't remember who the Oilers played last week, let alone something that happened 10 years ago is when you were asking him about those ones, so. All right, on the out of town scoreboard, Chicago leading Arizona 3-1 in the third. It is the Kraken up 3-1 on the Avalanche in the third. And the Capitals lead the Golden Knights 2-1 after two. So again, if the Capitals win in regulation time, the Golden Knights cannot finish ahead of Edmonton. So there's one team officially out of the way. And one thing that happened in that Capital game, Alex Ovechkin scored his 49th goal, one goal away from 50, which is absolutely astounding at this point in his career, at his age, for him to score 50 goals. I hope he does it. I really hope he does it. The scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. We got the Oilers farm team in action tonight, and uh, they have beaten the San Jose Barracuda 4-1. The Raptors are down 3-0 in their series. The oh my Sixers won 104-101. So sad. Did you see the end? I watched I did, that. I didn't. Precious missed two free throws in the last 20 seconds of the game. Would have won it for the Raptors. Blue Jays beat the Red Sox 6-1. Oil Kings playoff opener tomorrow against Lethbridge, 7 o'clock here at Rogers Place. They're also home Saturday at 7. I'm really looking forward to their playoff drive. Hey, I, I'm, I'm glad they're getting the opportunity. And I know that a, a number of players haven't the last couple of years. They've moved on. But this core here and this organization deserves a chance to, to prove or, or, or give themselves a chance to prove they're the best in Canada. And this is the opportunity they're going to get this year. All right, 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We have Sir Robert standing by. Hey, Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Well, I mean, you know what, uh, I, you know what I was on? I, I mean, you know what, I was honestly pulling for Smith to get that uh, uh, a third straight shutout. But, I mean, but I mean, you know, nonetheless, he was, I mean, Smith, I, I mean, Smith was awesome again tonight. He, he was making... He, I mean, like I, I mean, like I don't think he had to make any, any. I guess like ten bell saves, maybe one or two. But I mean, Smith solid all night. I like the. I kind of, I, I kind of noticed partway through the game a little bit of, a uh, little bit of shuffling. Looked like uh, uh, Pulley Arby was uh, on a line with. I think it was. I think he was with Nuge at one point in the game. I'm not sure if you guys saw that. Well, the, I did see because of the 11 forwards. I mean, there was one time the line was Ryan, Nugent Hopkins, and McDavid. Yeah. So just about because there's 11, they flip-flop. And after a, a penalty kill, uh, they flip-flop. So I think they've been fairly consistent uh, for quite a while now that they've got their top three lines. That's the lines they're going to run with. And then right now it's uh, Cassian and... McLeod, McLeod is, is your 10 and 11. And which, and again, this is what I love about the, the, the 11 and 7. So Cassie and McLeod, and for example, say it was Shore or Archibald. Say that's your fourth line. And that line's not going to scare anyone offensively. But all of a sudden, if Connor McDavid is now playing with Cassie and McLeod, or Leon Dreisaitl is playing with Cassie and McLeod, Hey, now you actually, as a the opposition team, you've got to make sure you have the right defensemen out on the ice. You got to make yeah. sure you have the right forwards on the ice. It's not just throwing your fourth line against fourth line like most teams. Okay, we we got to get our guys in and we got to get our top three rested. So they're throwing their fourth line. Let's throw our fourth line out there, and you feel like it's going to be a saw. Uh, it it is just another weapon that the Edmonton Oilers and Jay Woodcroft have. Eleven forwards allows them to play their best players in different situations where they can get a mismatch. Well, I mean, five games left. So still some some things can happen, but I don't yep. know how the scratch guys get in right now. I, I, uh, I agree. I mean, they brought in Broussard still could be valuable. I mean, an older guy plays a very kind of safe game, but on the back end, if you want to go back to 6D, 
Well, who do you take? You out? can't take anybody. I mean, Russell's nope. contributing. I guess Kulak's kind of your uh, 3LD, but uh, I mean, the, he's moving the puck up the ice yeah. and doing what I mean, me, it's not just an easy. It, it, to me, the, on, right the only way so, uh, a healthy player is coming in, and now not saying they're not going to come in during the regular season because they might give a guy a rest and they might put someone in just right. so he doesn't get stale. But if the playoffs start tomorrow, the only way I believe one of the healthy players gets in is if there's an injury, whether it's on the front end or the back end. Because if a defenseman gets hurt, then they'll go back to 12 and 6. Because I think, I don't know who, who would our next defenseman be. Do we have an eighth defenseman here no no it'd be like they'd have to call someone up yeah or somebody so banged up in the minors so they the only way that uh and a brassard would be the first guy going back in i believe shore would be your second guy and then archibald would be the the third man so i i do not make a lineup change i go 11 and 7 and i start my playoff series that way and i force the other team to adapt to me all right 5-2 the oilers take it three points for connor mcdavid here he is Hey, Connor. Um, you guys continue to just put quality hockey out on the ice. What did you like the most about what you had in your game tonight? I thought we got off to a good start. Uh, you know, put them on their heels, and, you know, they're a good team, and they push back, and, you know, I liked our response when they pushed. So, um, you know, it was another good game. You know, similar type of story as the, as the last ones. How much are these results that you guys have been consistently getting, how much is it building the confidence of the group? Like, are you sensing temperament or the feel of the group changing a little bit as the results continue this way? Yeah, I think guys are confident right now. Um, you know, up and down the lineup, guys, uh, guys feel good about their own game and feel good about our team game. And, um, you know, so a lot of good things happening and got to keep at it. So you guys are up 2 nothing, and then it becomes 2-2, which is, you know, the, the momentum shift. You guys keep your poise and then pull away. Is that an element of this team that you could evolving over the last little while? Uh, yeah, I think just being comfortable playing with the lead. Um, you know, it's a position, obviously, we, we want to be in. You know, we want to have the lead in hockey games and, and be able to keep it and maintain it. And um, you know, you're not going to be able to do that every night. And, you know, like I said, I thought we responded well after they tied the game up and, you know, ultimately able to, uh, to pull away a little bit. You ended up getting the empty netter. Were you kind of hoping Mike Smith might uh, get that one? Yeah, he had a couple good looks. Um, you know, he handles the puck so well, and um, love to see him score one. Yeah. Connor, on the on the hit when Darnell put Ben into the bench, it looked like he was kind of smiling. Did you guys have a brief conversation? What'd you say? <laughs> I mean, anytime that happens, it's a pretty d dangerous situation for for everybody there. So you know, just. Uh, um, you know, I know him a little bit just uh, from being around the game, and he's a great guy, and just making sure he's good, and off he went. Can you talk about, like, Darnell and, and Cody Ceci have played a lot of tough minutes since Dave Manson put them together. Bouchard and Keith have, tonight, and Duncan Keith said a career high, plus five. What have you liked about that pair, what you've seen from them? Yeah, Nursey and, and, and Cease, uh, they take a lot of the tough matchups. Um, you know, they do a great job. Um, you know, I know they take a lot of pride in that. Um, you know, they love shutting top units down, and, you know, they do a good job. And and, uh, and Bush and, and, and Dunk, um, they'll move the puck well. Um, they'll create a little bit of offense and are steady themselves. So, you know, they had a big night and, you know, certainly helped a lot. If you've uh, been in second place in the scoring race in the league, it hasn't been since like October, uh, but you were coming into this game. Do you, I'm sure you know that. Does it drive you in any way when you see who would pass you? No, I think we've, we've talked a lot about here is uh, that stuff 
you know, it is what it is, and, and we've been there and done that, and we're trying to play good hockey and, and trying to win games here. You know, that's ultimately what we're focused on. Did you, uh, this is a team, yours is a team that's, uh, you played a lot of high event hockey over your years here. Like, there's always something going on. All of a sudden, you guys are playing games where it's, you know, it's a little more calm, and there's maybe, I'm not saying it's boring, but it's not high event every night, and you're winning. Is that a sign of a team that's maybe in control of things a little more? Uh, yeah, I think our five on five games improved uh, a lot. Um, you know, I like where it's at. You know, when uh, when you're solid five on five, you know, not a ton of things are going to go on. Um, you know, and that's that's all right. Connor, what's with a few games left in the regular season now? What's the difference in the way your team's playing now as opposed to last season with a few games to go? I think uh, you know this year we've had to to, to fight for our lives. Um, ultimately, you know we were we've been down and out and out of the playoffs and you know all, you know all, as many as you know eight points or I don't know how many points we were out we were at one point but you know we we were out of the race and had to scratch and claw and get our way back in and still haven't clinched and and uh, you know still have some work to do so you know we've been playing playoff hockey now for a while and um, I think maybe last year we were a little more comfortable um, in our position and. Um, no, I'm not going to say took our foot off the gas, but um, you know, didn't have to play that, that desperate style of hockey. Connor, you talked about playing playoff hockey, and you're beating playoff caliber teams. You know, earlier, the schedule, you can only control what you can control, and you're beating easier or lesser teams or what have you earlier. Now you're beating playoff caliber teams. Does that kind of give you a little bit more kind of juice heading toward the playoffs here? Well, you got to beat those 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 lower teams to to, to be in the playoffs. Uh, you know, if you don't win those games, then you're, you're not going to be in a spot. So you, know, you got to take care of those, and it's the NHL, and it's it's good good games every night, and, you know, no one rolls over on you, and, um, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, we've beaten some good teams over the last couple games, and we're going to play good teams going down the stretch, and, um, you know, we need to be comfortable in those games. Cody, you mentioned you've been better five-on-five, five, but the improvements defensively and the reduction of goals has been is .57 down, but you're .57 up in goals four as well. So can you talk about the complete game and, and how you're able to score more but also give up significantly less? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, when you defend well, you have the puck a little bit more, um, you know, and you can play offense a little bit more, play in their zone, and I think we've done a good job of, of defending from the offensive zone in a sense where, you know, we have the puck and, and you know, hem teams in and, and stuff like that. So when you're doing those things, offense goes up and, deep, you know, goals against go down. So, um, you know, you can defend playing that way too. If I can get you to just look ahead to Friday, because uh, we might not talk to you, like that Colorado team is a good team, and they've been getting healthier, and we all know how much of a challenge that is. How much do you guys sort of want that last chance against them before the playoffs come? Another, you know, another game with them. Yeah, I mean we've uh, we've gave them two good games, and you know lost in uh, in overtime, and then in a skills comp. So um, you know ultimately good test for us um, we like that test we like playing against them it's fun um, those are the type of games that you want to play in in, in April and May and um, I'm definitely looking forward to it three points for Connor McDavid 113 on the season Huberto has 111 Oilers beat the Stars 5-2 by the way 
man advantage tonight. Oilers just with one power play did not score. The Stars go 0 for 2. They did score shortly after, though. Uh, Edmonton had killed off a penalty for too many men. The power play update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. We'll get to Greg and Joseph on the Certainty Hotline when we get back. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Gets to the middle of the ice. Suter will now pick it up for Dallas. Dump it in. Glove down by Smith. He's going to take a shot at it, but it's gloved down at center. Fox able to glove it down. Oh, I wanted that one. I know. You can hear it. It's the most exciting oh. you've been all season. <laughs> yeah, Moon was all over that. Everybody was excited. <laughs> that was... Oh, he had plenty of time to shoot it. He did. Well, he had so much time that I think the Dallas Stars realized, okay, one of us better get back there because he's going for <laughs> it. And then he got another opportunity to, uh, yeah, he's got the ability, and it's just a matter of time. He's saving it for playoffs. You don't want to waste all your good shots in, in the regular season. He is going to score a goal. And he, it might come down to his last game that he knows he's playing. He's like, all right. They I'm might take, put him on the power play. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, put him in the high slot, fire away, like they did with Ryan Smith his last game where he played like played that whole four, five or played yeah. four and a half minutes on that five-minute power play. <laughs> he could barely make it to the bench afterwards. Oilers win 5-2 over Dallas. Vegas is now leading Capitals, uh, leading the Washington Capitals 3-2. That's in the third. We have Greg on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Greg. Go ahead. Hey, boys. How's it going? Good. So uh, the last statement I wrote, uh, Smith's mask, uh, I just never seen one before, but it was, uh, it's just blue one, it's just a normal one, so that was my bad. But uh, anyway, I do have a question for you. I know if Vegas loses tonight, I think we clinch our playoff spot. No, I'm they, correct? they clinch being ahead of Vegas. They would still no. need another Pacific team to be assured of finishing ahead of. No, but but they clinch a playoff spot if Vegas loses, though. They no, don't, they, they don't. They no, need another team Van in the division. Vancouver could still catch them. Okay, um, but that being said, my question is, um, do you think Mike Smith can actually keep this up, and how much are they going to play him? Because if he gets hurt by being overplayed... Greg, you're the goalie guy. What do the stats tell you? What do you think? Well, um, right now he looks he looks good. His save percentage and goals against average are, are excellent, but he he is getting a little bit older. But like like him him being able to play the puck and like break up that forecheck or, or uh, from the other team is huge for the Oilers. Like like Tyson Berry said it himself. Like we don't even have to touch, touch the puck, right? So um, I think I'd ride him, but I think I would give Koskinen a little bit more. Well, they uh, won't can, they won't play him all five games. They're gonna they'll no. play him three games and then come playoff time. They'll play him every game in the playoffs until he proves otherwise. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I think that's that's huge for the Oilers. Um, so, um, but last question is, um, with with them, you know, staggering their starts or not staggering their starts, but like two goalie system, how far do you think the Oilers can go if both goalies are playing the way they are right now in the playoffs? And that's my well, last question. I. I well, it's not a good sign if Koskinen plays a game. That means Mike Smith had a bad night. They're gonna. They're not gonna stagger their goalies in the playoffs. They'll play one goalie the whole time. It'll be Mike Smith as of right now, unless something changes between now yeah. and the playoffs. But they will ride one goaltender. They're not gonna get. They're not gonna play them uh, staggered. All right, we got Joseph for the last call tonight as well. Joseph, go ahead. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Uh, hi. Sorry, Reed and Rob. Um, always listen, you guys. Um, it's uh, wonderful to hear the. Uh, 
what you guys say about the game and Rob, you know, coming from Edmonton area and stuff. So um, I, I grew up watching Rob and all his stars moments with uh, Pittsburgh and everything. And so um, it was good to hear him all the time on the news. But I was just a little disappointed tonight when he said that uh, he's cheering for Ovechkin to get his 50th. And Ovechkin's known to be a Putin fan. So anyway, I'm kind of disappointed about that part because Rob grew up with all the Ukrainians in Edmonton area. Well, look, I'll, Rob's not making a political statement. He, he likes his goal-scoring ability, and I think we're going to leave it at that. Okay. Oilers uh, win 5-2 out of the Dallas Stars. Colorado I can't for the wait. third and final time of the regular season on I, I can't wait. They, the, the first two games have been incredible. Uh, Colorado is good. Uh, I think many are favoring them to come out of the Western Conference and play in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, they don't have an easy road. They're going to have to go through the St. Louis's, the Minnesota's, uh, possibly the Dallas Stars, but they're good, and they've got superstars. And I think that's what's so great when Edmonton plays Colorado. You've got an immense amount of talent on the ice, an incredible amount of talent. And what I said to Bob upstairs right after the game, the, 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 from what I've played, great players, when they play against other great players, they have an extra special gear that they bring it into because... The McKinnons want to be better than the, the, the Connors. The Dry Settles want to be better than the Rantanen. So I expect a fantastic hockey game in two nights. Okay, Oilers win 5-2 over the Stars. Get more on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. And that game against the Avalanche right here at Rogers Place on Friday. 5.30 face-off show, puck drop at 7 on 6.30 Chet. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30 Chet. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers take it 5-2. Have a good night. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.